Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Corinthians chapter 1, and you can uh, open to also Luke chapter 7. And go ahead and stand while we read the Word of God. Luke chapter 7 and 1 Corinthians chapter 1. A little brother Paul, I'll give you all a little something I think about brother Paul every time I see him. uh, Has anybody in here ever seen Bear in the Big Blue House? (laughs) Y'all remember that? That's brother, that's brother Paul right there, bearing the big blue house. So I hope you all never look at him the same way after that. <laughs> and I hope uh, you all be praying for me. My voice is a little rough. I mowed the yard the other day, and every time I mow the yard for the first couple times, the allergies really get to me, and it's rough. But I think the Lord will help me get through it this morning, and hopefully I'll be a blessing to you. Let's start in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, and this is a context where John the Baptist is in prison, and he's wondering, he starts to wonder, you know, is Jesus really the one? Is He really the Messiah? After everything he'd already seen, after everything uh, he had already witnessed, he still questioned and wondered, is this the Christ? Is this the Messiah? And it's because he was in prison, things were going wrong, that's his cousin, that Jesus is his cousin, he's wondering... Why isn't Jesus coming and helping me when I'm over here in prison just for preaching the truth? Um, and look down, <clears throat> we'll get to that later. This what we're going to talk about. We'll start in verse number 22 after Jesus had healed some people and things like that. Verse 22 says, Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, The dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are uh, gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. So, really, the theme of the message today is going to be, what are you here for? Amen. Why are you here? Amen. You know, a lot of people go to church for a lot of different reasons. And everybody has their own reason to go to church, but it ought to boil all down to one thing, and that is the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your soul so you could be saved 
and you want to come just so you can fellowship with Him so that you can glorify Him, and the Bible commands us to, of course. But when it comes right down to it, what are you in this thing for? Why are you serving God? Why do you do the things that you do for God? Or even if you don't do any of those things, why don't you? What, I mean, what's going on in your life that you're not doing things for God? But what are you here for? And let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank You for allowing us to be here. I thank You for Your mercy. I thank You for Your goodness. And Lord, I pray that You would help me to preach what You put on my heart. And I pray that I could do it in a way that would be a blessing to these people and encourage them to stick with the stuff no matter what goes wrong in their life, no matter uh, whatever's going on. Lord, I pray that You would please just bless them and help them to stick with it, Lord. And I pray that You bless this service and bless the hearts of each and every one in this room. And we'll thank You for what You do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. You can keep your place there in Luke chapter 7 because we'll come back there later. But we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I didn't even turn there myself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse number 22. 1 Corinthians 1, 22. It says, For the Jews require a sign... And the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. But we notice first of all, you start up there in verse number 22, it said, The Jews require a sign. The Jews require a sign. And I don't know if you've noticed when you're reading the Bible and studying the Bible, you get to reading about the children of Israel. You get to reading about the Jews. And in, all the way back in, in, towards the beginning of the foundation of the nation of Israel, what's the very first things that start happening? Moses comes and, and he's showing all these signs. He's showing all these wonders. He's uh, bringing all these plagues upon Egypt. And then, of course, uh, later they come out of Egypt and they cross over the Red Sea. And, and it's a, a symbol of a baptism of that nation uh, to become the nation of Israel. And after that, and so on and so forth, and you see uh, people like Gideon who th throws out a cloth and, and he's looking for a sign, he's looking for a miracle, and all these things. And God revealed many miracles and many wonders and many mighty works to the children of Israel. Things that we don't see today. Things that we probably won't see today. Uh, many signs and wonders. And you look, if you don't, we're not going to turn there, but Mark 16 uh, Jesus gave the disciples, the apostles, the ones who had seen Him face to face and walked with Him and talked with Him and witnessed Him working miracles, He gave them that great commission and He told them that they would go out and they would heal people, they would heal the sick, they would uh, handle serpents. And you know, maybe some of y'all have heard that there's churches around that still try to do that. And then they get bit by a snake and go to the hospital because it, that's not something that we do anymore. In 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us that those signs, they're going to cease. And they have ceased because it was a sign for those apostles. And they were primarily at that time preaching to the Jews. Amen. And this Paul here is saying that the Jews, everybody knew that the Jews required a sign. And I'd like to say that even today, still yet, there's a lot of people looking for a sign looking for a miracle, looking for something amazing to happen, looking for something that you just don't see anywhere else. And that's what everybody's looking for. They want something great to happen. They want something big to happen. They want something amazing to happen. And you know, a lot of times, the Lord will work those miracles in people's lives. You know, my brother had cancer. It's been several years back, and we were wondering what was going to happen. We started praying about it and praying about it, and I believe the Lord took that cancer away from him. There was, a chance, there was a kind of type of cancer that could have taken his ability to have children away. 
but thanks to the Lord, he has a, a boy and he's about to have another little girl. I'm here to tell you, the Lord works miracles sometimes in our lives still yet today. But the fact of the matter is, the Lord doesn't always do what you want Him to do. The Lord doesn't always heal that sick family member. The Lord doesn't always do exactly what you think He ought to do. And so, maybe we ought not to always come looking to see something amazing, looking to see some amazing thing. And uh, you know, a lot of these churches, I'll, I'll call them charismatic churches, or you know, these big name churches, and that people will go, they'll send their money, they'll, they'll give all this stuff, and they're looking for a blessing, they're looking for, uh, they're looking for the Lord to work a miracle in their life. They'll go to these places where they supposedly uh, lay hands on them and heal people. And I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm saying a lot of people are getting scammed and getting their money taken away because of false prophets and false preachers who are uh, doing these sort of things just to get money and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I, my, my mamma, she tells a story of actually a lady that she knew for a very long time that was lame. She couldn't walk. But she went, she went to church. It was a revival meeting this one time, some kind of meeting that she went to at that church she went to. And uh, this lady she knew that was lame. She could not walk. And she knew that lady personally. It wasn't no show. It wasn't no fake. They... They laid hands on that lady. She got up. She, they tried to help her. She was started to stand up. And she got up out of that chair and started running around the church. You say, well, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that is pretty wild. You don't see stuff like that anymore. Uh, I'm not saying God can't do it. What I'm trying to tell you is God's not always going to do the amazing things that everybody's looking for. He's not always going to uh, bring some flashy thing in here for you. You know what? In verse 21 here, it says that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know, everybody's looking for a flashy sermon or some great speaker that's going to... Brother Paul here. A great speaker that's going to say some great thing. that you know. And, and you, they watch TV and they watch people like uh, uh, Joel Osteen because he's a, a smooth talker and he, and he knows what to say to please the crowd. Uh, they're looking for something great, for something amazing. They want to see some great power. And that, I hope that's not what we're looking for this morning. We don't want to see the power of man or the power or some uh, level of authority that a man has over us. You know what those Jews were looking for? They were looking for their Messiah. They were looking for a king. That's what they were looking for. And when Jesus came, He didn't immediately sit on that throne that they wanted Him to sit on. He didn't immediately take His throne and become king on the earth. That, well, that's going to come later one day. But the Jews, they require a sign. Maybe you're looking for a sign this morning. Well, the Lord might not give you that sign that you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for a miracle this morning. Maybe the Lord won't give you that miracle that you're looking for this morning. Maybe there's something else that we ought to be here for. Uh, look on there in verse 22. It says, And the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Greeks seek after wisdom. Now in those days, you know, not long before Jesus walked on the earth, uh, that was a time when the Greeks had pretty much taken over the, all the earth. They, had, they were ruling everywhere, and that was the time of the philosophers. I don't know if any of y'all have ever studied about any philosophers, um, but they're always asking questions, and they've always got another question for that question, and they're always seeking uh, what they would call truth. They're always looking for an answer for everything. They want to know why we're here. They want to know uh, what we're here for and how we got here and all these sort of things. That's what philosophers are all about. And I don't know if you know this, but Alexander the Great was trained, he was taught by Aristotle, the famous philosopher. And so you know what happened is, 
all that philosophy started spreading throughout the world and they started teaching that throughout the world and everybody's asking all these questions and looking for, the, looking for an answer. Looking for, uh, they're trying to find the answer in science. They're trying to see if science can answer their questions or uh, if what they believe lined up with science. If everything was, uh, that they could see lined up with what they were trying to believe in. But I'm, trying, I'm here to tell you that everything that you see isn't going to line up with everything that you should believe. Um, the, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Uh, and everything He does, we're not going to be able to fully understand. I'm here to tell you, if you're reading the Bible and you say, I'm, I've been reading and studying the Bible for years and I think I've got it all figured out. I think I understand every bit of it. If you, think you, under, if you really understood every bit of the Bible, I'm here to tell you that if you understood every single thing about the Bible, then you would understand that nobody smarter than you wrote the Bible. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord put this book together and there's going to be some things that you might not understand you got to come to church and let a preacher stand up and preach and teach, teach the Word of God to you through the Spirit of God. Amen. But what I'm trying to tell you is that the, these men, they were these Greek philosophers and, and people still yet today, uh, they're looking for answers and they've they're got all these questions and they're looking for answers and they look for answers in the wrong places. And when they get the answer that, that's the true answer, which is Jesus Christ, the answer to all life's questions and to all life's problems, when they get that answer, they don't believe it because their science doesn't line up with it. You know, science doesn't line up with the fact that Jesus Christ, if you look down here in verse number 23, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Now Christ crucified to the Greeks, to those philosophers, it was foolishness. You know why? Because they can't understand the fact that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. It's physically impossible to be born of a virgin. It's physically impossible. It's humanly impossible for someone to be born of a virgin. It's humanly impossible for someone to uh, raise up from the dead. That's impossible. Uh, but you know what Jesus did? Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived 33 and a half years and went and died on a cruel cross, one of the cruelest deaths that could ever be faced by any man. He died that death for you and then on the third day He rose up from the grave so that you could be saved and spend an eternity in a spiritual heaven, heavenly world that you could spend an eternity with Him. And when you start preaching that stuff, those people who have been trained, just like you said earlier, they've been educated out. They've been educated so much that they can't understand. They cannot believe the fact that that could happen. But I'm here to tell you, that's, that's what it is to those people. That they're, you know, they call themselves agnostics. They call themselves atheists. And I don't know that I even believe... They say they don't believe in God. I'm here to say I don't believe... I don't know that I believe in atheists. Now, they might say they're an atheist. They might say they don't believe in God. But deep down inside somewhere, God has showed Himself to them somehow, whether it be through nature... Whether, you know, whether it be through a preacher, whether it be uh, through a gospel tract, God will reveal Himself to man. And if, especially if man is looking for Him, if you read that in Romans chapter 1, God will reveal Himself to them. And then it's up to them whether they are going to turn to Him or not. And so uh, they can look for their answers in everything that they want to look for, but they're not going to find the answers that they're seeking in anything but Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> now, they, they, try, they can't understand the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. They can't understand the fact that He rose from the grave uh, because they've been taught to, to, to understand that that just simply could not happen. They, they learn things like evolution, that you know everything came from nothing with the Big Bang Theory and all that sort of stuff. They can't believe the fact that the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It's because they've been taught out of it, and they don't want to believe it. 
Uh, you know, I went to, um, I preach in the jails usually on Tuesday, every Tuesday, every week, um, me and another preacher from our church. But here lately, we haven't been getting to go for a while they, because of COVID. They won't let you in there and all that sort of stuff. But I went in there one time and I was preaching. And after I got done preaching, I talked to this young man. He was probably about my age. His name was Tyler. And I talked to him for a little while and he, he started saying things like he didn't believe in God. Uh, he didn't think that God could be real and all that sort of stuff. And I tried to, I, I didn't really know exactly what to say to him at the time. I started explaining the Bible to him, how the Bible could be true, how we know the Bible's true because of things like prophecy and how it all came to pass just like the Bible says. And, uh, and how the Lord has done such great things for me and, and all this sort of stuff. And I tried to explain that to him. So he didn't get saved. I want, he didn't want to get saved at all. And that broke my heart. You know, you ask anybody, you go out and knock on doors, or you go out on the street and ask somebody if they're saved, they'll usually they'll tell you, yeah, whether they are or not. Or they'll have, yeah, I go to church, or I'm a good person, or whatever. He was not saved, and he did not want to be saved. And that really broke my heart. So I went home and prayed about it and prayed about it, and I would go back and preach and, and talk to him and preach and talk to him. It turned out, after I talked to him for a while, it wasn't that he didn't believe in God. It's that he chose not to trust in God because of some things that had happened in his life. I think he had some family members who were killed in a tragic way, and he chose, he decided, he thought that God couldn't be real because how could a loving, gracious God do something like that? And I'm here to tell you, God, does not, God doesn't kill your family members. You know what? The Bible says uh, that life is full of trouble. We're full, that everybody has trouble in their life. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Everyone in this room today is going to face trouble. You're going to face problems. You're going to face tribulations. And you're not going to sometimes understand what is the purpose of this trouble. Especially people that are saved. You say, oh, I've been serving God for all these years. I've been, I've been uh, going to church for all my life. How could God allow something like this in my life? But you know what you've forgotten, first of all, is the fact that we don't, what we deserve is to be in hell today. Amen. That's what we deserve. And we don't deserve the grace of God that we already received, Amen. much less anything that we might ask Him for in the future or the problems that you're facing right now. Um, and that's hard to hear, but I'm here to tell you, we don't deserve the grace and mercy of God. We don't deserve Him to intervene in our lives and take care of every little problem that we face. We do not deserve that. We deserve to be in hell today. Amen. And so, whenever things like that happen, people begin to question, and people like Tyler that I was talking to, they start to question whether God exists. They start, you know, he wasn't saved. It turns out I end up going back and preaching and preaching, and after a few weeks, he ended up getting saved. Now, I don't know where he's at today. I haven't seen him in a long time because we haven't been in the jails. Um, I'm hoping he's out. I hope he's in church somewhere. But I thank God that he got saved and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Because when it comes to that point, whenever people start turning in that direction, it's hard to turn them back in the other direction. Because they'll get turned over to a reprobate mind, and it's hard to change that mind. But the Jews, they require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And we, we preach Christ. It's foolishness to the Greeks when we preach Christ because of what he did. They can't understand that. And then we also saw there in verse 23, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block. Why is that a stumbling block to the Jews? It's because, you know what? He went and worked all those miracles 
a preacher was preaching the other day about uh, some things that he didn't do and all, and all this sort of stuff. He didn't stay dead and all that sort of stuff. But it, Jesus didn't work some miracles in his home country because they didn't believe in him. Uh, they didn't really believe. They, 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 they said, is this not, uh, you know, he's a carpenter and that's his brothers and sisters and his mother Mary and all that. They just thought he was some other guy and he was a good prophet and, and that sort of stuff. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. You know, the Jews are still looking for their Messiah. Amen. They're still looking for their King. And they, they don't even realize that He was already here. And He died for their souls. He died for their sins. Amen. And one day He is going to come back and be King on this earth, literally on a throne. Amen. That is going to happen. But they missed their Messiah. They missed their King. And there's still people today, they're looking for power. They're looking for power. They're looking for uh, something great to happen. And you know what? It's a stumbling block to those people what Christ did. Because that, it calls it the weakness of God there in verse 25. Because He laid down His life. He literally died for our sakes. They wouldn't think that their king would, would die. They think He's going to be sitting on the throne. So that, to them, it's a stumbling block. But if you read on, verse number 24, it says, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So this Christ that we preach to those that believe, that's most of us in this room, I'd say this morning. It is the power, He is the power of God and the wisdom of God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know what Jesus Christ crucified is? It's power. It's the power of salvation. It's the power to save the souls of men. To wash away, His blood can wash away your sins. You know, there's a man in our church, he's been going there for years and years now. I don't remember exactly how many years it's been. Uh, but his name is, they call him Fuzz. His name's Fuzz Smith. And he, we used to uh, see him out on the street walking or, or th things like that in the middle of the night. He was, he was a drug dealer back in the day. He's one of the biggest drug dealers in our town. And he, if you uh, talked to him and got to know him, and you'd see he had plenty of money. He had, uh, he had anything he wanted. He could get anything he wanted. He had a lot of people hanging around. He had a lot of so-called friends and all that sort of stuff. But he didn't have peace. He didn't have joy. He didn't have the love of God. He was lost. And he thought he was finding uh, what he wanted in this life through drugs and selling drugs and all that sort of stuff. One day... My uncle, Brother Mike Gray, uh, he, he saw him uh, walking down the road in the middle of the night. He went down there and picked him up and, uh, and started preaching the gospel to him. Tell him he needed to get saved. Tell him he was lost. And uh, Fuzz didn't listen to him that night and he ended up in jail. And then later that, we, we always go to the jail. I was saying that earlier. And he went in that jail and, uh, and Uncle Mike got up and preached and he saw Fuzz Smith sitting there. And uh, Fuzz Smith got saved. He, 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 you know, he, he said he had, before he had tried AA, he had tried all these different meetings, he had tried everything in the world, uh, and none of those things would help him. He'd just go back to the drugs, he'd just go back to that way of living. But that day when he tried Jesus, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. It didn't matter uh, what sin was in his life, it didn't matter uh, what, what kind of person he had been up to that point, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are today, it doesn't matter what kind of sin you have in your life, Jesus Christ can save your soul. It doesn't matter how wicked of a sinner you are. You know, we are all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter what you've done, Jesus Christ can save your soul from hell. And ever since that day, he's been, uh, since that day he got saved and when he got out of jail, 
He's been coming to our church ever since then. He reads his Bible and prays every day. He's got a walk and a relationship with God. You know why? He wasn't looking for a sign. He wasn't looking for a miracle. He wasn't looking for all the answers of life necessarily. But one day he found the answer. He found the power of God, which is Jesus Christ crucified. And whenever you find that power, your life will be changed forever. You know, and it always it may not look like it may not be what you're looking for. It may not at the time. It may not be exactly everything you you were looking for at the time. You know, when I was six years old, that's when I got saved. A preacher named Brother Freddie Reed. I don't know if anybody here knows him, but he's he's a weird looking guy. He's got one white eyebrow, and we were having a soul winning revival. And we'd go out every day that week, and we would go and knock on doors and try to get people to come to church. We try to get them. We try to see if they were saved or not. We try to get them to come to church and things like that. And then in the night, we would come in and have a church service. And that, uh, I believe it was Tuesday night, he got up and started preaching on hell. And you know, I had heard about Jesus up to that point. I had heard the gospel. I had heard uh, uh, many of the Bible stories. But at that moment, when he began to preach on hell, and he began to preach on Jesus crucified on the cross for my sins, the Lord revealed to me in my heart that I was lost and a sinner and on the way to hell and I needed a Savior and I couldn't make it there on myself. I couldn't be a good boy and make it there. You know, maybe you're in here believing that you're a good person. Maybe you're in here, you've been in church your whole life. Your family's brought you to church. Or you say you're a good person. You're living a good life and all these sort of things. But I'm here to tell you, salvation doesn't come through those things. It comes through the power of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Nothing more and nothing less. The Gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you're trusting in anything else other than that this morning, then you're lost and on your way to hell. And you better trust in Jesus Christ before it's too late. He is the power of God unto salvation. I'm glad that day when I was six years old, the Lord made it simple enough for me to understand that Jesus died for my sins, that I was on my way to hell, and that He could save my soul from that, and I could go to heaven simply by trusting in Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus is the power of God unto salvation. But it also says there that He is the wisdom of God in verse number 24. He is the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now, God has all the wisdom that anybody could ever need. He has the infinite wisdom. He is God. Look in Luke chapter number 7 again. We're back to that part about the questions. Asking questions. Wondering, God, why are you allowing this in my life? Why is this going on? Why is there so much heartache in my life? Why is my family member still lost? Why is my family member still sick? Why are you allowing this to go on in my life? And we begin to ask that sometimes. Uh, Look in verse number 19. It says, And John, calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were coming to him, they said, John Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues, and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. And Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. 
Now, I don't know if you noticed, I emphasized it there, how he said that many were cured and many were healed and many received their sight, but it doesn't say all of them. And then he tells those people that were with John, he, he tells them, go, you go back and tell John, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And can I say this morning that we're not always going to understand why God doesn't heal our family member, why God doesn't heal our sickness, why God uh, doesn't take care of our problems that we think He ought to heal, what He ought to take care of. We might, John might have thought Jesus ought to come over here and break me out of prison like He does for Peter later on in the Bible. Uh, he might, uh, these people that were here that Jesus passed over, that some of them needed healed, they needed help, but He passed over some of them. And He tells them to go back and tell John, blessed is He who is not offended in Me. You're not always going to understand what God's going to do, but you're blessed if you're not offended in what God's going to do. God's going to do what God is going to do. Amen. The question is, why are you here? What are you here for? You know, we, we know the story of Job. Job lost everything that he had. Was he serving God for, because of everything that he had? When it came right down to it, he lost every single thing that he had, but he still served God faithfully. If you were to lose everything you had today, what are you here for? Are you here for God or are you here for what He's done? Just the things that He's given you. The blessings that He's given you. What are you here for? I think of a, a lady in our church. I'll be done after this. I think of a lady that used to be in our church. Her name was Christy Jarbo. And uh, we were about to have a, a youth rally. And I mean literally just days before that she was... She, had, she was having these problems, and she was, it, it ended up she had a, a, a brain tumor, and they were going to have to remove it. And they went in, and they, were, they thought they removed it, and they did something wrong. They, they messed up, and she ended up, she had, she had so many problems after that, that. At first, they started wheeling her into church in a wheelchair. She couldn't walk anymore. And uh, she used to sing all the time in our church. A faithful woman, loved God, loved her family. Uh, and she would get, she would sing those old songs that she could sing. I mean, she was a, a beautiful singer. And she would, after that, after that, all that happened, she would get up. They pull her up there in that chair, and she would try to sing. And she had this real gravelly voice after that. And it was, she would just kind of speak the words as best as she could to those old songs. And, it, and you know what? <clears throat> the, we don't understand why the Lord allowed that, that thing to happen. We watched her for several years after that. Several years, she would be laying in, in that bed over there. And we'd go over there and, and have church services with her. And, and we would pray with her. And it got to where she, you know, she couldn't even talk. And we had to lean down and, and pretty much yell so she could understand what we were saying to her. And we didn't understand why the Lord would allow something like that. And we don't always understand why the Lord allows problems in our lives. We don't understand it. But I'm here to tell you, that lady, she loved God to the very end. She would always lift her hands up and worship the Lord and praise the Lord no matter what. If everything went wrong in her life, she was still praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord in spite of everything that had gone wrong in her life. And that's the question for you this morning. What are you going to do when God doesn't answer your prayer? What are you going to do when everything isn't going right in your life and you don't understand why God's allowing certain things in your life, 
why God hasn't given you what you've asked for. When, it's a good, when the Bible calls it a good thing and you're looking for something good that the Lord would bless you with, He might not give it to you. The question is, why are you here? What are you doing here? And Jesus said, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.